up Leo Profiler Faithful. It is your buddy, it's your pal, it's Matty Kiwoom, and welcome to episode six of the game plan, baby. Are you subscribed to Dynasty Selects on PlayProfile.com? Hmm? Are you? Well, first of all, let's get one thing perfectly straight. You should be subscribed to the all-in package so you can get access to all of the great features. But today, specifically, I'd like to talk to you guys about Dynasty Deluxe before the show gets started. You can find Dynasty ranks and rookie rankings from some of the sharpest fantasy minds in the space. You can get help making even better trade decisions using our trade finder and our trade analyzer. There are so many great features for the Dynasty Deluxe on playerprofile.com. And all you got to do is head on over to playerprofile.com and subscribe to all the incredible features, including Dynasty Deluxe. Do it today and help you with your game planning, dare I say. We have a great show for you today. Absolutely great show. Uh, I'm going to take a ride on the Shameless Plug uh, Express and, and talk a little bit about the Fantasy Football Market Watch. If you follow me on Twitter, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. We have some bargain bin players for week six. And I have a homework assignment for you guys and girls that is near and dear to my heart. First, uh, before we do the uh, news notes, the injury updates, the game plan is also brought to you today by Sleeper. But more on that later in the show. Okay. Let's go through, like we do every single week, the injury report coming into the week on Friday. Uh, because that you got to know what's going on in the injury world before you make your final decisions, obviously. So let's ram right on through. Speaking of Rams, Cam Akers will not play on Sunday. Uh, I guess there's a personal situation going on. You're going to want to monitor that very closely. No idea what's happening, but it does not sound good at all. Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas will not play in week six. Pat Fryermuth will be out with a concussion. Look for his replacement. He looked okay. Zach Gentry looked pretty good last week. So if you're in a bind, and uh, maybe these the, the bargain bin tight ends that we're going to talk about today are not available in your leagues, maybe that's a guy to look out for. Rashad Bateman will miss his second straight game. We hate to see it. James Conner will miss uh, on his game Sunday with a rib injury. Fire up Eno Benjamin. It's all about the Eno Benjamins, as our boy Jack said earlier this week. Limited practices. Let's go ahead and run through these. Kyle Pitts was limited this week with his hamstring, but he seems likely to play, but you you have to watch the situation. We don't know for sure. It's still cloudy enough that we just cannot put our fingers on it uh, exactly if he's going to play or not. Melvin Gordon, his neck and rib injuries appears to be on track to play, but watch the report that comes out today, Saturday, because we're not exactly sure. His teammate Mike Boone uh, should be in line to make uh, his, his get his playing time this week too. So that's a situation you got to monitor. Raheem Mostert, his knee injury looks like it was just Miami repping, uh, um, managing his reps this week. But uh, as the injury finder uh, will tell us, I don't even know how he's healthy still. Uh, this guy just continues to skate on by with a uh, seemingly like he's going to get injured every week and we're all kind of waiting for it. But it seems like this knee ailment that popped up this week was just Miami managing a veterans re uh, reps for practice. Jonathan Taylor having the high F ankle eft. Uh, he's on the optimistic side of questionable. Uh, if you got him, you're going to play him if he plays. So you can't set a guy like that. Number one, number two overall pick Jacoby Myers. He's been questionable. Uh, he's been limited all week. But remember week five, it was the same trend, and he balled out in week five. So if he's in, he's in your lineup. C.D. Lamb, 
He is expected to play, but this hip thing popped up midweek, and it seems like these injuries are starting to pile up a little bit for the Dallas pass catcher. So I uh, want to monitor that situ- situation closely, but as of right now, he's in the lineup. He's in your fantasy lineup. Damian Harris, he practiced uh, on a limited basis, but there was reports coming out that he was going to miss multiple weeks. Uh, I'm going to tend to side with the Belichick who likes to kind of mess with injury reports. That's kind of what I'm thinking he's doing. And I'm still kind of projecting like he's going to miss multiple weeks. It was a nasty hamstring, soft tissue injuries for running backs can be real, real bad. So I, I'm, I'm going to pursue caution. And if I have... Um, Ramondre Stevenson, oh, I am firing him up for week six, baby. T. Higgins, he missed practice Wednesday and Thursday, returned on a limited basis Friday, but this ankle thing seems to be a bit of an issue, right? Last week he played, but he was limited his snaps big time. I don't think he scored a single fantasy point, and he was a, an absolute bust for a lot of lineups. So, you know, it, it's probably a similar situation. If you got him and he's in, you're going to want to play him, but if you can't, if you're a loaded lineup, I guess look other way, but proceed with caution. Kind of read, you gotta dig deeper on this one because it's it's a little hairy. Here's the full practices. Here's the good stuff. The stuff that we like. Tyler Con- uh Tyler Conklin, Tyler Higby and Cooper Cup. They're questionable, but they're both expected to play. Dawson Knox is off of the injury report. Uh no longer really dealing with that foot and hamstring injury. More on him later. Russell Wilson, that shoulder. Appears to be bothering him, but he had a full practice on Friday and appears to be a full go for Monday night football. Pass catchers in Miami, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill were removed from the injury report. Good sign for those two guys, but looking like Skylar Thompson is going to be their quarterback. Miami seems high on him, but I'm a bit skeptical. Something you're going to want to wait and see. But, at the, of course, if you drafted Jalen Wall and Tyreek Hill, you got to play him. With their big playability, they must be in the lineup. Naheem Hines, he's questionable, but looking like he's on track to play. He's dealing with that nasty concussion that we all saw last Thursday. Uh, but if, if, if Taylor's in and he's in, you're probably only playing him in, in a desperate flex situation. Chris Olave, he's trending positively. But we have to monitor that uh, injury report that comes out on Saturday because that concussion protocols are not always linear. They're not always, uh, if this happened Friday, this happened Thursday, then this happened Sunday. So we got to monitor that situation. But if he's in, I do like Olave. He's been absolutely great so far in 2022. Cameron Bray, Russell Gage, and Chris Godwin are ready to suit up. For the Tampa Bay Bucks, Julio Jones is doubtful. What ebbs? Uh, it seems like Pittsburgh is missing anyone who plays uh, the cornerback position. Uh, so we want all of those guys. We want all the Pittsburgh Steelers smoke this week. If you have any Tampa Bay pass catcher, you're going to want to put him in your lineup. There is a chance for an absolutely massive, massive week. That's going to wrap up the injury practice, uh, the practice report section of the show. And... <laughs> Ah, your boy is ready to fire up some fantasy football market watch. If you are unfamiliar, every single Tuesday, I have a Twitter thread that I post uh, just highlighting anywhere from 7 to 10 players uh, of that week. And I give a little bit of advice on how to handle them in fantasy, whether you should buy, sell, add, drop, or even hold. And I wanted to bring that to the big screen, the silver screen, or whatever the fantasy football podcast screen uh that's what i wanted to do today to bring it bring it to life you know we're adapting a a play here for the visual i mean a a book here for a little movie 
little motion picture, if you will. So I got eight players, two at each position, and we'll we'll break them down, and then we'll talk about whether they should be a buy, sell, add, drop, or maybe even a hold. Uh, the first guy we're going to talk about is a quarterback that's sweeping the nation, Geno Smith, the gunslinger. He was on last week's bargain bin. I hope you tried him out if you needed a QB because the man balled his face off. First and foremost, his pass catchers are great. We love DK. We love Tyler Lockett. Uh, even Will Disley and Noah Fant are proving to be, you know, comparable uh, kind of, you know, three fours in that offense. Uh, we're going to see the unleashing of Kenneth Walker. So everyone around him are playmakers. They're good. That's a great sign. But what we love, what we love, 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 from Geno Smith this year is that man's accuracy. He's got an 8.2 accuracy rating. That's good to be uh, number two amongst qualified quarterbacks. His true completion percentage is 79.7%. Yeah, hashtag free Geno, baby. Deep ball completion percentage remains above 50%. Fifth best play action completion percentage is top three. I mean, this guy is getting the ball out quick and he's getting it into his playmaker's hands and it's working tremendously. Look at his points per game breakdown. First, he was ahead of timid 17.2 on that Monday night football game, but it was super encouraging. He dropped that line. Uh, what was it? I can't even think of it. Oh, man. What, I read whatever it was. It was so cool, though, that he did. And then he had a bust in week two, which I think simmered a lot of people's expectations for his rest of season outlook. But then here are his numbers from week three on. 19.9 fantasy points, 31.7, and 24. All of those were good to make him a top seven quarterback option. For all of those reasons, I believe, uh, call it what you will, I believe he is a buy, believe it or not. Uh, in Superflex Leagues, all those he's probably picked up. Even in 1QB, uh, I know in my deeper 1QB league he's picked up. So you're looking to buy now more than add, which is okay. I'm still on board for Geno Smith this year. He could just be that guy that comes out of nowhere and just straight balls. Uh, on playerprofiler.com, we have him ranked. Uh, where do we have him ranked rest of season? He just continues to climb. He's, we have him in top 13 at number 13. His rest of season's weighted strength of schedule is about middle me, me, me of the road, so it's not really anything to get excited nor worry about. Uh, so I just kind of like what I'm seeing. As you know, Smith, I think the accuracy continues. That was uh, something that is kind of surprising, I think, to most, how accurate he's been. But I'm with it. I'm with him. I'm going to ride him out as long as, you know, Tyler Lockett and DK are ready to rock and roll. I think Geno Smith is right there with him. So I think that Geno Smith is a screaming buy for the rest of the season, seasonal formats. Next guy I want to talk about. I mean, these are just two ships that have crossed up <laughs> to the night, in the night. Uh, I was so high on this quarterback coming into the year, and he's been such a disappointment. And I think you guys know who we're talking about, Mr. Unlimited, Russell Wilson. He's so far on the season, he's QB 15. Ugh, not really what we like to see. His weapons are there. Uh, we all loved his weapons, and they're still pretty much all healthy and looking great. But, uh, you know, his fantasy points per drop back at .42 is not really encouraging. Uh, you know, his efficiency metrics is nothing on the board that really screams out, uh, you know, this guy's going to turn it around quickly. He's getting, you know, he's bad luck. Mm, I don't think so. He's at five danger plays uh, in five interceptable passes. When you watch him play, it seems like there's something off. 
that he's just not quite all there, whether it's a confidence thing or, uh, you know, maybe that shoulder issue is uh, uh, it's more of an issue than, than we're all ex- kind of looking at here. But even when he has a clean pocket, 63.9% completion percentage, I just don't like it. And for those reasons, I'm looking to in two QB Superflex sell because there will be a market for that. Uh, what would you look for in return? Hey, if you could trade him straight up for Geno Smith, call your boy crazy, but I might be wacky enough to do that. Uh, I think that's a, a trade I'm willing to make. Uh, he's not running at all. I know that those numbers have kind of dwindled over the last few years, but we're really only seeing 3.4 carries a game. And he does have a rushing touchdown, but you know that's nothing really to write home about. That could be he might only stumble in the end zone a couple more times the rest of the season. And in your one QB formats, your shallower formats, I'm okay moving on. I'm okay dropping. Uh, there's a number of quarterbacks rest of season that I think I would rather have. Uh, Kirk Cousins, if Jared Goff's out there. Uh, I would say Tua if we had a clearer picture on his return and his sustainable health. Uh, but I don't know quite, uh, you know, if, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm ready to move on. You know, Trevor Lawrence, he may be available. He's about roster about 50, you know, 50% of leagues. If someone drops a Derek Carr in his bye week, that's an easy swap. So in your shallower leagues, your one QBs, I think I'm, I'm willing to drop Mr. Unlimited. Of course, you're selling a two QB because it will be a market. So those are the quarterbacks that I'd like to talk to you all today. Now let's move on to the running back position. The first guy I'd like to talk about is Mr. Ezekiel Elliott. <sighs> okay, let's break this down because this is this is <clears throat> this is uh, maybe my more controversial take that I have today. Excuse me. So well, he's getting the volume still. Uh, he's still got the 64.8% snap share. Uh, he's getting 81 carries this year. That's good for eighth. And his opportunity share at 60.7% is 15th amongst qualified running backs. So not the high end, but it's not bad. It's not at the low end. And we are expecting this offense to pick up, right? When, when Dak gets back, Cooper Rush has done a great job keeping the team afloat in terms of, you know, real-life football, getting them wins. Uh, but, you know, they're only letting him throw the ball 15 times a game. How can this offense truly pick up the pace and get cooking if they're just run, 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 and just the defenses can absolutely see that coming a, a mile away? Um, he is, you know, he's got average defenders in the box, 7.1. That's seventh highest. Stacked front, 28%. So he is seeing, you know, uh, not optimal situations for the running back position. Uh, and that's why... When Dak comes back, I think what we do is we bite the bullet and we buy Ezekiel. All there's a lot of teams out there that are that are running back needy. They need somebody that they can play in the running back two position. And a guy like Zeke, you're not going to feel good about it. We're all rooting for Tony Pollard to just take the job, but at the same time, I don't think he will as long as Zeke is in uniform. And you're can I imagine now in these leagues now, your home leagues or even your more competitive leagues, Zeke can be had at a tremendous discount. He's got a tough matchup this week uh, against uh, a stout defensive uh, a stout defensive front in in Philadelphia. Uh, but you know they have been they haven't been on the ground. And seeing that his over under prop of fifty eight point five, that's pretty modest. So I don't think expectations for Zeke to have a big game are there, which allows us to keep that buy window open and allows his value to come down a little bit. And then that's when we pounce and we add him. So Zeke Elliott is a buy, shockingly enough. The other guy I want to talk about is the other running back that will be playing on Sunday Night Football. And no, I'm not talking about Tony Pollard. I'm talking about Miles Sanders. 
he's having a good year. He's running back 13 on a points per game basis this year. Uh, he had a monster week four where he put up 29.6 fantasy points. He's had his ups. He's had his downs, much like a few guys in this in this Philadelphia lineup. But we're okay with it because you know he's getting you a, a solid average. Even his low his low point of 5.4, you'll you'll leave that. It's not great. But last week at 8.4 at running back two, which is pretty much where we drafted him. We're okay with it. And when you look at some of his efficiency metrics, there are some encouraging factors here. First and foremost, his EPA expected points uh, added at a positive 5.7 is 13th. He's created 214 yards, which is top 20. Uh, and and, I, and a part of this offense, you want it. You want to get guys in this offense. I was a big Kenny Gainwell. I thought he might work better. But Miles Sanders was he was joshing us in the beginning of the year, telling us not to draft him. But it turns out that we should have because he's playing pretty well. And I have him as a hold, maybe a slight buy. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily. I'm not looking to pay up because I do think his price tag is, and maybe a tad inflated from his original price. So I'm not trying to necessarily buy unless he, you know, you feel comfortable at the price tag. But if you roster him, I'm not looking to sell. I think he's a hold. And I think especially if you're going for it, you're trying to win, that he's a guy that you want to keep in your lineup. Let's move on to the wide receiver position and talk about the man, the myth, absolute, I don't know if you want to call him a legend just quite yet, but Gabe Davis for the Buffalo Bills, he had a crazy week five absolutely bonkos week five where he, he went randy moss on all of us he went straight randy on all of us he only had three catches but he turned those three catches <clears throat> i'm not um, this is not a, a misspeak here this is true to 171 receiving yards he scored two touchdowns on those three receptions and scored 32.1 fantasy points which made him the highest scoring wide receiver last week uh I'm selling, though. I'm selling. Sorry. Selling. I don't like insane volatility. Uh, I do not like the ups. I do not like the downs. He is going to have monster weeks. We saw one. But the two weeks prior, 6.7 in week three, 3, 2.3 points in week four against a soft Baltimore defense. Uh, You know, he has a great quarterback. I love that. And there's going to be a market. For Gabe Davis, and that's why I'm selling some targets. I might try to sell him for if you could, you know, take him package uh, a, a secondary piece and get an AJ Brown. That's something I'm looking to do. Uh, I'm looking to tear up at wide receiver. I'm looking to go up wide receiver because rest and our rest rest of season rankings like we do like Gabe Davis, but there will be too many bad weeks. We have met wide receiver 31 rest of season, but I think coming off such a massive week, guys like Deontay Johnson. Drake London, Christian Kirk are all in play uh, for a potential trade for Gabe Davis. And those are names that I'm looking to to, to jump on because I like them rest of season longer. So uh, I'm looking to sell Gabe Davis because I just I can't stomach the the lows, Uh, you know, in a in a matchup situation. You could lose two or three matchups because he had down weeks and. The week that he goes off could be on your bench or it could be in a week you didn't need it. It's just when you play weekly formats, uh, I don't like it. Now, best ball, you just keep him best ball because it is what it is. But in your your lineup leagues, uh, sell Mr. Gabe Davis. I know I will be in any of the leagues that I roster him, and I don't because I'm sorry. <laughs> I've already sold. I've already cha-ching, cashed in. Next guy I want to talk about is part of another good offense. Matter of fact, they will be squaring off this weekend in a matchup that I cannot wait to watch. And I'm talking about Juju Smith-Schuster. The thing I like about Juju 
is uh, he's his expected points per game are higher than his fantasy points per game by quite a bit, uh, almost three points. And that just tells me that positive regression could be around the corner. And when you have a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, that can come so quickly and be so glorious. We saw Travis Kelsey. Now I'm not comparing the two because Travis Kelsey is like a hall of famer. He's like the best guy in his position, but he caught four touchdowns. So that's the type of, you know, volume. That's the type of onslaught that Patrick Mahomes can provide a pass catcher. And I'll be honest, when you look through his metrics, you, you pop the hood and look at some of his underlying metrics, there's really not a whole lot that gets me all excited. You know, the 1.65 yards per route run, his 7.3 yards per target, his 11.7 uh, yards per reception. None of them are all that, that great. But the fact that there's some regression in the air, the fact that he does have uh, Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and, you know, Mar- Valdez Scantling looked good last week and Sky Moore. There's just so many weapons that could propel a, a, a solid wide receiver like Juju Smith Schuster. And he's still young. He's still 25 years old and he's probably just getting comfortable in a new offense. I could completely see the second half of this season being an absolute bonanza for the man that they call a Juju on that beat. Uh, and another thing that I do like that pops off in his profile that is encouraging is his yak, his yards after catch. He's uh, number 11 with 137 um, amongst qualified wide receivers, which means in, he doesn't necessarily need the deep ball to to make things happen. He just needs to get, you know, convert on more of these targets. He's, I think last week he was three of eight which isn't good, but those will seemingly get better as the season goes on for sure. So I'm looking to buy Juju and sell Gabe, but would I sell Gabe Davis for Juju? You're going to have to add something nice as a secondary, a third piece even for me to do that. No, I would not do that straight up, but I am looking to buy Juju Smith-Schuster at his, I think his price is down, which presents an awesome opportunity to buy. Let's talk about a couple of tight ends and what we should do with Mr. George Kittle. Uh, George Kittle is a perennial monster in fantasy, but he has yet to truly fire in 2022. Uh, He has yet to have a game in double digits. He has yet to be better than QB 20 in any given week. So what do we do? What do we do? I think we hold. Uh, The tight end position just, it stinks. It absolutely stinks. So to sell, what are you selling him for? Uh, you're not getting into the sports cars that are Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey uh, or even like a Dallas Goddard. You could sell and get cute for somebody like uh, uh, someone we're going to talk about here in a minute or Tyler Higby. Uh, but I'm not. I just I think his his skills are there. He's probably still getting healthy and his snaps are there. He's playing over 94 percent of snaps. Um, he does have a 18.8 target share which, you know, steadily keeps continuing to climb. And, you know, we look at his profile. There is possible chance for for a couple of big games here down the stretch, uh, which even could start this week in an absolutely juicy matchup with the Atlanta Falcons. So George Kittle, I'm not selling. I'm also not buying because I also feel like on the reverse end, the opposite side of that coin, the person who rosters Kittle is probably not selling low. I imagine they're trying to hold tight. I imagine they, they don't think they have a completely dead asset, so I don't think you'll get them for like cheap, if that makes sense. So I'm not looking to buy, not looking to sell. If I just roster them, I'm looking to hold and, and hope there are some better days for George Kittle. Last guy we're going to talk about and wrap up the fantasy football market watch section is tight end Gerald Everett. Man, oh man, Gerald Everett. We did not see this coming now, did we? He is tight end nine 
on the season with 10.1 fantasy points per contest. Everything looks like it's checking out. He's just fine. He's doing it. He's getting the job done at the tight end position. Uh, he isn't really getting the ball deep, but he does have a decent air yard share uh, on Los Angeles, which is encouraging at 16.6%. Um, I do like the targets that he's getting. He's got 29 targets this year. Uh, but am I looking to buy? No, I'm not looking to buy. Matter of fact, I think I'd even look to sell uh, somebody like Gerald Everett with uh, Keenan Allen seemingly getting healthy. The reports are he will play this Monday night. Uh, I think we could see a dip a tad in his production, which is enough at tight end to be quite a bit of a headache. Now, if you could, this is what these, this is what I'm looking to do with if I if I roster Gerald Everett because first and foremost you probably scooped him on waivers, kudos to you. But now it's time to cash in on that asset and look for guys like a uh, Tyler Higby. If you could take Gerald Everett, add a little secondary piece, something that you can spend. I look to do so. Even a Zach Ertz. I know that sounds crazy. Ertz is playing great, but if the person who rosters him is scared of uh, Hopkins coming back. That could be present a great opportunity to to tear up there. And another name that I'm going to throw out there that I do like rest of season, Kyle Pitts. I know it's crazy. I know it's crazy. But Kyle Pitts' stock is so low in seasonal leagues that I could see a situation where you're knocking on the door. He's like, listen, hey, you guys looking to sell Pitts? Because I'm looking to buy. And I got a top 10 tight end for your ass and make that move. Because rest of season, oh, I would much rather have a guy like Kyle Pits. But I'm saying sell on a Gerald Everett. Do not move him for 75%, uh, 75 cents on the dollar or less. This is something to use to improve your overall roster. So uh, I think uh, he's somebody that that I'm looking to sell. Person in the chat here, Mr. Brandon Sanchez says, why does no one talk about Dawson Knox? Well, stay tuned, my friend, because we are going to talk about Mr. Knox here in a minute. That's going to wrap up the Fantasy Football Market Watch section. Geno Smith, he's a buy. Russell Wilson, he's a sell. Miles Sanders, buy or hold on to him. Zeke Elliott, shockingly, buy. Gabe Davis, sell. Juju, you're going to do like NSYNC and bye, bye, bye. George Kittle, you're going to hold on to him. And Gerald Everett, go ahead and sell. See if you can get yourself a better tight end rest of season. We are going to keep this show a-moving, keep this train a-rolling, and talk about some bargain bin players for week six. Now, we do this every single week because it presents a chance. So even when you're game planning, when you're prepping, sometimes there is some desperation in the air. We are dealing with bye weeks this week. We are dealing with the Raiders on bye and the Texans on bye and the Lions on bye, amongst others. So we might need some cheap options. Now, I do present some DFS numbers. This is not a DFS show because we already have fantastic DFS content for you on this network. Tune in later today, Saturday to listen to the Dominator DFS show. There's just absolutely great DFS content, so you don't need me for DFS, but there are prices here in case you want them. For And we go we go position by position. One guy is uh, relatively rostered, maybe about half a leagues, your shallower formats, and the other guy is rostered in less, so your deeper formats. So first guy we're going to talk about at the quarterback position is none other than handsome Jimmy Garoppolo. He is at Atlanta. He's about 42% rostered on Sleeper, 5,500 on DraftKings, 7,100 on FanDuel. PlayerProfiler.com has him ranked at QB 22 this week. I have him ranked at QB 19. Their matchup over-under is 45, which is, it's okay. 
it's okay. We can deal with that. They are uh, five-point favorites on the road, but they got to get there. If Vegas thinks they are going to win by almost a touchdown, they have to get out to a lead. And how can they get out to the lead? I think Jimmy G can absolutely be part of that. Uh, right now, the Falcons are giving up 2.82 fantasy points uh, over the league average, which is the eighth highest. That's pretty good. Atlanta ranks 20th in past DVOA. And Jimmy's been pretty good. He's got an 8.0 adjusted yards per attempt. That's the fifth highest amongst uh, qualified quarterbacks. And just last week, week five, he was QB9. So if you need yourself a quarterback and you're looking around and you can see Jimmy G, the galloping chicken, on free agency, you could probably do worse than Jimmy G. Next quarterback I'd like to talk about is Daniel Jones. He's at home against the Baltimore Ravens. He's uh, pretty much available in around 70% of leagues. He's 5,200 on DraftKings, 6,800 on FanDuel. PlayProfiles.com has him ranked at 24. I actually have him ranked at QB 20 this week. The over-under of 45 uh, seems to be, uh, you know, I think it, it it's... It's good. It's fine. It's fine. Just like in the last matchup we talked about, it's fine. And his team, the New York Football Giants, are home dogs five and by five and a half points. Because they are home dogs, and let's be honest, this spread of five and a half could be a little bit gracious. Uh, I don't know if they've played as well as we would think a four and one team should play. I don't know if the confidence around the football giants are as strong as we typically would for a team that's four and one. And with an offense that can push the pace like the Ravens have and a quarterback that's absolutely dynamite in Lamar Jackson, I think we could see a, a, a good amount of scoring in this matchup, which is great. And it could also present a comeback pace for the Giants, which we would love for a guy like Daniel Jones. Now, here's the thing. The Ravens are the sixth best matchup for opposing quarterbacks. That's pretty good. But, 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 they are the third best matchup for rushing QBs and Daniel Jones believe it or not is pretty good on the ground he's got 46 rushing yards a game that's number three uh this season he's got 8.2 carries a game and six red zone carries both of those metrics are in the top five he also already has two rushing touchdowns so if the Ravens let this man scramble he could go ahead and he could he can mess around and get some points. You know, we're looking around for for most formats that 20, 22 and a half uh, would be a good floor for a guy like that. The guy would really get a good return. And in your four-point passing touchdowns, six-point rushing touchdowns, whew, he could truly be a good option. So if you're desperate, you're El Desperado, look for Daniel Jones. He could be a sneaky, sneaky, sneaky play. Let's move on to the running backs this week. Both of these guys are virtually unrostered, but they, they present some good opportunities for potential usage. First guy I'm going to talk about is Joshua Kelly versus Denver on Monday Night Football. He's rostered in only 17% of leagues. Uh, on the DraftKings slate, he is 4,700. PlayProfile.com has him at running back 39. I got him at running back 40. The over-under in this Denver Chargers matchup of 46 is pretty encouraging. And LAC is five and a half point favorites at home. Last week in week five, he was 37.7% snap share. Pretty good. That's his season high. And, uh, you know, being that they're home favorites, Perhaps the Chargers get out to a little bit of a lead and need to milk the clock, which could uh, give Joshua Kelly a little bit more love and give him more ch uh, chances. And when he's getting these chances, he's creating yards. Uh, he's created 3.8 yards per touch this year, which is number 11 on the season amongst qualified running backs. Pretty good. 
Denver, uh, they have a middle-of-the-road rush defense, so we're not scared of it. We're not really excited to attack it, but you know the fact that they the Chargers are home favorites. Uh, Austin Eckler's got a ton of production over the last couple of weeks. Perhaps they get to a lead and want to kind of reel him in because you know he's he's had his history, uh, injury issues in the past. So uh, you know, getting a guy like Kelly more love seems to be a potential play. So uh, if you need somebody, and also having final say on Monday is pretty dope. Uh, I like doing that. I I just like having the last chance to score fantasy points in my matchup. So having Josh Kelly there is uh, not great. You're not super pumped, but you're also not you're not you're not you know you're not so bummed. This isn't the worst that could happen. Uh, but this next guy, <laughs> yeah, he, he you're pretty desperate if you're using him. But this is what we talked about. This is why we dive deep in the bargain bin to help you game plan for your matchup. Malcolm Brown. Whoa. Whoa, Malcolm Brown. I am talking Malcolm Brown in the year 2022. Uh, he's back on the chart, uh, the Rams, back on the LA Rams. They take on the, the Carolina Panthers at home. Uh, I had to do a little bit extensive research on this because I wanted to double check, but yeah, he's 0% roster. He's uh, just, he's available everywhere. Uh, so if, you, if you're desperate, grab him. I actually did grab him my 14-team uh, keeper league because I just, why not? Yeah, if, he, if you got a pulse, and you play running back, you're probably rostered. So I wanted to pick him up. Uh, he is minimum on DK and minimum, stone minimum on FanDuel, obviously. Uh, playerprofile.com has him at running back 42. I got him at running back 46. So a top 50 option is universally available. You don't get this chance often. Now, the over-under of 41.5 is not great, but this right here, this is what is encouraging to me. The LA Rams are 10.5 point favorites at home against Carolina. <clears throat> That's right, 10 and a half. So Vegas thinks that they are going to destroy the Panthers, and he's free. So that's a reason to use him. I, I like to say there is no Cam Akers. I mentioned it at the top of the show. Um, and the Rams brought him back for a reason. There are no stats to dive into because my man was playing Madden a couple weeks ago, but they like him. They brought him back for a reason. Uh, he's going to be projects to be the number two running back. Uh, on this team could get some touches in an absolute blowout at home they're obviously trying to keep everyone healthy they're managing cooper cups practice reps they're managing tyler higby's practice reps they don't even know if cam Akers is going to be a part of this team rest of season uh so yeah guy like malcolm brown they're probably just happy to have a familiar face in the mix give him some touches stumbles on a td boom you're finding some pay dirt there so if you're absolutely in a pickle you're in a little bit of a pickle Malcolm Brown, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't believe I'm saying Malcolm Brown is an option for you at running back this week, week six. Let's keep it on, keep on moving here, keep on trucking to the wide receiver position. First guy I'd like to talk about, Mister Rondell Moore. Yeah, we can't talk, we can't go the show without talking about a Moore. You know, DJ Moore, uh, uh, Elijah Moore. There's always a Moore that we need to talk about, but this week it's Rondell. He is at Seattle. He's about 57 percent rostered, 4200 on DraftKings. He's 5,600 on FanDuel. Playerprofile.com ranks him as wide receiver 31. I got him at wide receiver 34, so we're pretty locked up there. The over-under in this matchup of 50 is encouraging. Arizona, two-and-a-half-point favorites uh, on the road. But Geno Smith, he's been game this year. We talked about him earlier in the show. So perhaps this 50 is, is a good mark. It's something that we can absolutely take advantage of. Arizona is 20 uh I mean, sorry, Seattle is 27th in past DVOA, 
And since returning, which was week four for Rondo, he's seen 89.7% and a 90.9% snap share. He's also gotten 13 targets in those two games. He was wide receiver 24 last week, week five, scoring 13.1 fantasy points. And in a possible division shootout, a guy like Rondell Moore can absolutely take one of the house. Um, They're still not necessarily using him downfield, really uh, taking advantage of his explosiveness. But we saw what Greg Dortch did early in the year. He was reliable in this in this uh, position for the for the Cardinals. So adding a guy like Rondell Moore, I think, is more than capable of of being reliable, being sustainable for this. So I, I like Mister Moore, and I think you can get him in your lineup and use him in your flex with a little bit of confidence. Even I'd say. Now this next guy, uh, we liked his quarterback, so might as well throw him in the mix. Darius Slayton. Again, they are home against Baltimore. He's 5% rostered, so he's available everywhere. 3,800 on DraftKings, 5,600 on FanDuel. PlayProfile.com has him at wide receiver 62. I got him at wide receiver 58. We talked about the over-under at 45 and the Giants being home dogs. Uh, Not bad for a, a... not a bad situation for a guy like Darius Slayton. There are, you know, there's no Kadarius Tony. Wando Robinson is like on the negative side of questionable. There's just aren't a lot of pass catches to go around. Last week, we I recommended Daniel Bellinger as a bargain bin tight end for that very reason. And not, not much has changed in that department. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens have the, they present the most advantageous matchup for wide receivers. And he is projected to face Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters ranks as cornerback 72 in Cody Carpentier's cornerback uh, ranking. So he's not really that good. And I could see a guy like Darius Slayton taking advantage. And just last week, he was six catches on seven targets for 79 yards. That was good for 13.9 fantasy points. And if he can eclipse double digits, you're going to be happy having that guy in your flex. So if you are in a pickle and you need yourself a wide receiver, maybe you're missing Brandon Cooks, Amon Ross St. Brown, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, a number of the wide receivers that are out this week. Go ahead and get yourself some Terry Slayton. Stick him in the lineup. I think you can see a good return there. Now, let's talk about the tight ends, the most important streaming position in fantasy football. First guy I want to talk about, both of the guys on today's list are, they may not be rostered. I mean, they may not be available in your leagues, but in your shallow formats, they should be. And if you can get them on your team uh, by hook or by crook, you might want to do so. First guy I'm talking about is Dawson Knox. Shout out to you, Brandon, here. Uh, Dawson Knox, he's at Kansas City. 65% 65% roster, so he may be available in, in, in your league. He may not, uh, but he's 3,400 on DraftKings, 5,100 on FanDuel. Uh, com has him as tight end 18. I got him at tight end 14, so I'm a little bit higher on him this week. The over-under of 54 is Dynamite. Buffalo are uh, home fa- I mean road favorites. The first time in Pat Mahomes' career, he is a home dog, believe it or not. But either way, that 54 over-under is something we just need to attack. Uh, He is having a slight down year, but if you're looking for a tight end touchdown, attacking the game with a 54 over under seems like good process to me. Uh, And the man did score nine touchdowns last year. So, uh, and including a couple against this very chiefs team. So they're going to obviously be concerned with Stefan Diggs, one of the best in the biz. They're obviously going to pay a whole lot of attention to Gabe Davis, a guy who went for, I don't know, 562 receiving yards and eight touchdowns against them last year in the playoffs. Uh, and, and so that could present a chance for Dawson Knox to to get open. And all he has to do is haul in a, a handful of targets and, and, and score, score one of those targets, which I definitely think is possible for a guy like Knox and his usage on this very team. He's been pulled off of the injury report, which is great. So seemingly playing at damn near 100%. We love that. 
And his efficiency, there are some things in his profile that are uh, encouraging in terms of his efficiencies and whatnot. So uh, Dawson Knox is a guy that I'm looking to play in need of a tight end. Dawson Knox, fire him up, baby. Next tight end I'm going to talk about is Irv Smith, tight end for the Minnesota Vikings. They are at Miami this week. He's about 52% rostered. So he's about oh, he's available about half the leagues. Uh, he's 3,200 on DraftKings. 4,900 on FanDuel. Both player profiler and myself have him as tight end 12 on the week. The over-under in this game, 46, may come continue to come down with the Skylar Thompson news, but he was game in the preseason. They, they like him there in Miami. Reports are that Teddy Bridgewater could clear concussion protocol, and only to do so he will be, I mean, to do so, they still want him as the backup. They're going with Skylar Thompson. And with those weapons in Miami, maybe that 46 over-under is not, as much much of a mirage as maybe we would think on the surface. Uh, Minnesota are three and a half point favorites, um, but the Dolphins present a fantastic matchup for tight ends. Uh, they uh, they give up fourteen points to the average, uh, which is second, I believe, on the season uh, in terms of how advantageous they are. Number three. Uh, this year, so that's uh, a good opportunity for Smith. He gets good separation and. When you look at his profile, look under the hood, He he's his expected fantasy points per game is one point higher than his actual uh, fantasy points scored per game. And through five weeks, that would tell you that he should have five more points on the year, right? One point a week. And that could come this week in the touchdown. He only has one on the season, so why not have him score again this week? And if you score in, at the tight end position, you're you're hovering around top 10. And if he, you know, hits his uh, his his mark that's happened on the season though he's eclipsed 40 yards once he's gone over 30 yards twice you add a touchdown of that boom you're cooking with gas you're looking at someone who could finish you know even as a top eight tight end so that's someone that i'm looking to put in my lineup if need be if you're missing out on a guy like darren waller and you haven't had a really competent backup you're kind of churning through some guys why not go out get herb smith and maybe uh get a little of that positive regression in week six so that's going to wrap up the bargain bin players daniel jones jimmy garoppolo at quarterback joshua kelly malcolm brown uh, at running back rondell moore darius slayton at wide receiver dawson knox and irv smith at tight end so before we get to the homework assignment i'd like to talk to you all about the absolute best platform to play fantasy football you already know that your boy is talking about sleeper I have moved all of my leagues to Sleeper because it is easy to use and completely customizable. I love it. It's so sleek. It's so easy. It's clearly, without a doubt, head and shoulders above every other fantasy platform in the known universe. And now Sleeper is hosting weekly games. The little dollar sign that you see under your players' names, that is a Sleeper prop that you can play each week. That's right. Sleeper is allowing you to play props on the players that you simply know the most about, the guys you ride or die with every single week. And if you want to get up to a $100 deposit match, all you got to do is use the promo code UNDERWORLD. Let me repeat that. Use the promo code UNDERWORLD and get a deposit match up to 100 buckaroos, baby. Sleeper, the best platform to play fantasy football, bar none. Okay, so I mentioned the top the show that the homework assignment this week is near and dear to my heart and if you've been listening to the show throughout the season or you follow me on twitter you might know the exact player that i'm about to talk about so what i need you guys to do you're gonna watch football anyway right 
but I need you to watch that Carolina versus Los Angeles Rams game. And I need you to watch DJ Moore with his new head coach and new starting quarterback. His production doesn't really matter. It will obviously dictate his price tag, but what I want you to watch here is going to dictate whether you should pay that price. Uh, so I need you to do is watch two things. His targets and receptions. Super simple. Very simple. He's averaging 7.9 targets per game and 3.4 receptions per game. So the conversion rate there is terrible. If the targets persist and the receptions climb, it is time to buy DJ Moore. If PJ Walker can get the ball in the man's hands, that is what we are looking for. And if not, if the if the the targets fall or he gets eight targets and only catches two or three of them, then I'm 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 willing to say there's no hope for my man DJ Moore in 2022, uh, other than him potentially getting traded, uh, which would be great. Uh, but there is, I guess, one caveat to this, one little gray area, if you will. If the targets are there, but the catches aren't. Go to playerprofile.com next week and check out his catchable target rate. If that climbs up, if that's improved to the 59% that he is this season, the window will, let's leave that window open just one more week because clearly Baker Mayfield isn't skilled enough to get him the ball on a consistent basis. And if the underlying metric show, the, the efficiency metric that is catchable target rate shows that at least it's not P.J. Walker's fault. Maybe D.J. Moore has a bad game. Maybe the coverage is tough. He will, you know, have some snaps against Jalen Ramsey this week. I would, I'd say, carry this this way of thinking, carry this 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 thought exercise into Week Seven and see what what can happen there, or, or and you know, into their next game. But that's what we're looking for. DJ Moore's receptions, if they stay around seven or even go up in those receptions, you know, maybe he's like eight catches for, you know, eight catches in, on nine targets, right? Uh, eight, nine car- targets on, uh, uh, I mean, nine catches on 11 targets. Now we're cooking with gas. Obviously, if he has a big game in the production wise, scores a lot of fancy points, the price tag will go up. But I'm not saying that, that, that that's a stay away. I'm willing to pay the DJ Moore price tag if he is going to get the ball because he is a super talented wide receiver. So before I say, uh, bid you all a farewell, say goodbye to episode six of the game plan. I got to give you my final thought. And all it is, ladies, gentlemen, children of all ages, all the fantasy managers out there, get ready to load up. Now is the time to prepare and get ready for battle. Whether you're making a last-ditch effort to sneak into the playoffs or preparing for a deep run, sharpen your sword and get ready for this battle. Don't leave anything on the field here. Don't be like, ah, should I have made that trade? Maybe I'd be in the playoffs if I did it. Make it. Do what you can as a fantasy team builder to help your team win. What happens on Sundays, what happens on Thursdays, what happens on Mondays, that's not up to you. You're not coaching. These players are doing their thing. This is a proxy of another game, right? But as a fantasy team builder, you can do, you know, you can improve the roster. You can get better. You can put together the best team possible to try to get these wins to get you in the playoffs or get you ready for a deep run. So get out there this week and load up, baby. So that's my final thought. And that's the end of episode six. Please subscribe to playerprofile.com's YouTube channel if you aren't already and smash that's that like button, please. Just keep just hit hit. Get that likes way, way up. Let's do it. Please follow me on Twitter. I'm at Maddie Kiwu. And check out my latest article on playerprofiler.com. It is on the website. I'm breaking down three players that you should be trading for. And I may have even brought up a player that I talked about on this 
very episode. So, ladies and gents, keep on game planning, and I'll talk to you next week. Peace.